Okay, ready? Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Brightcast by Shipwright. I'm here with Holly, and this uh, week's episode, we're going to be talking more about South Africa and uh, finish up on some of the safaris we took in KwaZulu-Natal, and uh, then we headed down to Cape Town. So uh, thanks again for being here. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy this, please let your friends know. Hit subscribe if you want to uh, leave us a review on uh, any of your podcast platforms, that would be greatly appreciated. But most of all, we're just really appreciative that you're here. Thanks a lot, and welcome aboard. So one of the things we could do when we were at KwaZulu-Natal was uh, to be able, as I said, go off campus, and we could go to like some of the other national parks like Shlilue, Influoza. I don't think that's right. Yeah, it says Shushu. I think it was... Didn't we, we did it in the lap episode. <laughs> Sh- um, sh- no, no, sh- it, it's spelled sh- H-L-U-H-L-U. Yeah, I think it's Shushue Umphalosi. Yeah. Not Shlushlu. Well, that's cursive. I think it's You're right. It's probably not. So anyway, but the other one is that there were some other private game reserves that were larger. And because they were larger, they could hold more predators. So we went over there one day. Yes, because they need 200 million miles <laughs> to roam. <laughs> because I can't remember the exact statistics, so that's the number we're going to use. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this was the bigger game reserve. And, you know, it was great because we were going through these tracks of savanna grass country, and it was so pretty, and the grass would grow yeah. up about waist high. And, you know, you never knew if the lion or the rhinos or anybody was kind of laying down in the grass, but you'd mm-hmm. be going through these these uh, uh, dirt tracks and uh, just these sweeping vistas uh, in all directions. And it almost reminded me in some ways like Montana, big sky country. Yeah. Because you had these forever view uh, uh, vistas going through there. And we saw a lot of giraffe. We saw a bunch of rhino. Uh, and, uh, and, 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 and zebras. Oh, zebra. And uh, and then we found. What are those? Warthogs. We yeah, saw well, those warthogs, warthogs you bet. And then yeah. springboks. Springboks, yep. And then there was that one we came, we finally came upon a pride of lions. Yeah. Which was very exciting. Actually, we came upon two at one point. There was remember the ones that were looking for each other. They were searching for their babies, walking oh. through the. Oh the well, bush. that was in a, that was back at the uh, national park. Oh uh, okay, actually. all right. You're so right. this one in particular, they were lounging under the tree midday. Yeah. Sort of everything you envision it to be, like if you're watching on National Geographic or some movie or something. Um, and there was a cute little baby, cute little, little cub. cub. That was sort of running around, going row, row, row. He was sort of doing these calls, and um, we were sort of surprised because he seemed like he might be hungry, and nobody and the, was 
Everybody was ignoring him. Yeah, because it was a, it was a uh, male, a big male lion, and uh, a few lionesses, uh, and there was only that one cub there. And uh, one of the things we learned from our game wardens there was that uh, you know when a pride has its cubs, and they usually have them all kind of near around the same time, well then the pride will put its energy into feeding, protecting, uh, and raising all of the cubs. But if a cub is born out of that cycle, uh, the pride uh, will ignore it. And it's very sad to see. They'll ignore it because it's taking away the energy of the entire pride just for this one cub. And nature, nature can be pretty cruel. Yeah, yeah, it's true, and um, yeah, I I took some pictures of it of the little baby. Yeah, we'll have some pictures uh, that we'll post of the little cub, uh, and the game warden or the game driver, the game warden. I don't can't remember what we call him. Game or the ranger, anyway, said, you know, yeah, this 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 may not have a happy ending because they just. Uh, uh, they're going to ignore it. They don't want to take the energy away. And and quite frankly, yeah. when we're out here, uh, nature rules, and yeah. we do not intervene. Nope. As much as emotionally, we all just want to like, well, can't somebody yeah, just come and get something. this cub and you know and 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 help it survive and stuff? Right. And they just said, no, this no. is this is Africa. Yeah. You know, one of the things uh, the tough when I say tough nature about Africa is and nature there is um, if you are on safari regardless of where you go, Mm -hmm. uh, you are seeing animals in their element. Mm -hmm. And it's all wild and it's, it's authentic. It also means that, you know, the predators eat the other animals. And for many people to be able to witness a kill Mm -hmm. is uh, considered to be a, a pretty extraordinary event. Some, the game wardens will tell you that there are people that come on on uh, safari and they witness a kill mm. and they're they're shocked they're appalled they want to sue uh oh, the, the, the the game lodges and uh, christian was telling us he had a woman uh, in in the jeep and she was a vegetarian and oh. they came and they they watched <laughs> they watched one you know one of the predators kill you know like an right, antelope or right. something like that and christian said my god she just leaned oh, over and she god. was vomiting the whole oh, time because she was shocked and she was like why do you do this and she's, the bottom line is, listen, if you're going to go on safari, yeah, and, and expect to see not you might see something that's not so wonderful. Yeah. And, and as it turns out, that was uh, that not so wonderful thing was what happened with the with the little cub. Um, we didn't witness it, however, our friends from uh, Australia, Mark and Cam, Mark and Cam did in their game drive, and so it wasn't until dinner time. You know, our because there's multiple cars coming through or, or vehicles, um, mm-hmm. uh, what do you Land call Rovers. Land Rovers coming through with the different tours and driving through. And of course, and the guys will, um, they'll radio each other. If they discover something, you know, they'll radio the others to, to let them know, hey, we found, you know, we've spotted something in this area so that the others can bring people over to see it as well. Because, you know, you've got paying customers on there that, that are there to see big big animals and so um so we had seen it and then watched them and watched 
the father and the mother and the baby was bopping around. And I remember they kept sort of like swatting at it. Yeah, the mother You know, did. just kept swatting at it. She wasn't getting Mother of the Year award. No. And so we had gotten warned that things were probably not going to look so good for this baby. And, um, and then we drove off. And later on at dinner, we... I can't, or was it lunch? I can't remember. Whatever no, it, was, it was. It was later was it on. Dinner, yeah. yeah. So over cocktails. Um, Cam, they, Cam and Mark had told us that they had seen, they had pulled up on these on the lions and um, encountered a scene of the mother having just eaten something, and that something that the mother had eaten was the baby. Yeah. And um, I don't remember, did their driver tell them that it was the baby or did we say, oh my God, because they said, no, we didn't see a baby. There was no baby. And we were like, no, there definitely was the baby. Yeah. But mom was bloody in her face. And I, I think it was the game driver, the, 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 the range or whatever. He, they, they, I think they told him afterwards. Yeah. You know, so yeah. because the, 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 one of the lioness's face, she just, you know, oh, it was yeah. all bloody. She was, and she just yeah. Did, was... So, and that was it. I mean, that was the end Oof. of the baby and it's, it's sad and it's terrible. We were but, both shocked yeah, a little bit, yep. you know, but. But it's, but like you said, that's nature. I mean, nature is not uh, a friendly place. And, um, I think, you know, this is a lesson for everybody to remember, like, like we as humans have disassociated ourselves so much from nature in windows and screens and keeping flies out and bugs out and doors and wearing shoes when we go outside we're just we're so disassociated from nature and we you know we have domesticated pets under our care and forget that the wilderness um there there, there's none of that and and Animals kill and eat each other all the time. Oh, that, that's and right. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was um, that was probably the least pleasant. I would say that's that was the least pleasant it experience was. that we had it was. of our whole but, experience. But it was also probably the most impactful mm-hmm. and um, probably important mm. thing. Yeah. Was just that Lesson. this this is nature and and why was this happening? Uh, why did the pride? kill the lone cub because it was right. a, you know taking energy away yep, yep. from the pride and the pride acts for the benefit of yep. the entire pride those socialist yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Those socialist it's a tribe they, they're acting in benefit for the benefit of the That's, tribe hey, and i mean you know the, the there are uh, there are beautiful things to see there are magnificent things to see and then there's a tough part like the other place that we um, had seen uh, a couple of lionesses and their cubs uh, was in the national park, uh, the Shishlue. I, I know I'm probably pronouncing it bad, but I think Shishlue. I'm doing it right. Infloza. But Infloza. Shishlue Infloza. So they, we, we, and we'll show you pictures of that. But, you know, there are a couple of uh, lionesses and their cubs, and they were going back. They were kind of just off the road. And, uh, of course, now we're on a national park instead of a game reserve. So there must have been, like, Eight Land Rovers, mm. you know, crowding around, jockeying this, for yeah, position. jockeying for position, and then, and the and the drivers are really good because everybody needs to get a chance to get up yep. to see them. So, but you know, also give space to the animals because there was some stress going on because they were separated from each other, you could and the hear. mothers were calling for the cubs. Yeah, and you could hear that low pitched like. Roar, yeah, like yeah, yeah, like this call, the, not a roar, but it was like a. Like when your cat, if you have a house cat and your house cat goes, meow, meow, 
it was that sort of thing, but they're large cats, so it, it was, was a low low frequency, run. so yeah. that it could travel distance. Yes. that was the point that of was the really low cool. frequency, so that the, the cubs could hear it. And the cubs came around. But what I was going to say was the other the only other sort of slight unpleasant thing was that. Uh, a week or so before, a baby giraffe had gotten stuck in a swamp area. That's right. And they tried, the people in the National Park tried to get out, and they just couldn't. And by the time they could get it out, the baby giraffe had died. And so they they left it. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Yeah. And, and then the... Uh, the lions and the hyenas and everybody came along to scavenge on it. It was mm-hmm. food, and of course, lions will 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 grab the uh, uh, the beast that they've killed, and then they'll drag it to somewhere to cache it mm-hmm. so that they can come back. Well, this was probably day three, four, or five of their giraffe buffet, and the sound, uh, I mean, excuse me, the smell oh, yeah, was not was, quite pleasant no, it, if it, you were downwind. It, it smelled bad. Yeah, we were there like, whoa, yeah. what is that? And Christian explained yeah. uh, what the story was. Yeah, you could tell, you could smell, you could tell, and you could smell yeah. that there was something dead. Mm. So, not to gross you out, but this this is reality. That's, that's this is safari. reality. It's it safari is. life, man. <laughs> It is beautiful, uh, it is impactful, uh, and it's just important to appreciate what it's all about. Yep. So so having been spent there a week and doing these great game drives and seeing all these uh, uh, fascinating things, both creatures all great and small, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, especially, and I'll point, uh, post the picture of seeing a dung beetle uh, do <laughs> its thing across a road with a... Ball about the size of, oh, I don't know, a lacrosse ball, and uh, moving it across the road in its perfect circle. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so, you know, Christian, our, uh, our guy, gets out and grabs the dung dung ball and a dung beetle and hands it to Holly. Yeah. Holly! I have so, a picture of Yeah, it when we'll post that. Yeah. So, uh, all creatures, great and small. Yeah. And it was, it was Holly's first. Um, Safari. First safari, it was my second, and uh, it never loses its luster. Yeah. So it was time then to leave uh, the Zulu Nyala uh, Heritage Game Lodge and and head to Cape Town, which I was really looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Hey, everyone. Here's a quick word from Anchor.fm, which is one of my sponsors. They provide me the tools to... Keep this broadcast free. Thank you. So, off we leave KwaZulu Natal, uh, drive down Durban, uh, where we went to the airport and hopped on a flight to Cape Town, uh, which has always held some sort of allure. And I think mm. it kind of held allure for me, uh, looking at it from the standpoint of history, of strategy, naval history. Uh, you know, it's at the tip, the bottom of Africa. And I will say, uh, I was so looking forward to seeing it, and it was pretty amazing we were down there. So we flew in, mm-hmm. and uh, we got, uh, you know, a cab into uh, downtown Cape Town. We were staying in what's called the V&A area. That's yeah. the Victorian Albert, uh, uh, named after Queen Victoria and Albert. And uh, that area down there has lots of shops. It has lots of hotels, restaurants, bars. It's it's kind of the the epicenter, if you will, uh, for uh, at least the tourists. 
and, mm-hmm. and the people coming to see Cape Town because it's right on the water. And we had this nice little hotel, and it turned out Cam and Mark were staying at the same place. <laughs> uh, so that oh, uh, so gave fun. us a chance to have cocktails with them every night. Yeah, yeah, we each did our own thing. During the day, um, usually. And we were able to get together with them after and compare stories. Yeah. So uh, one of the things we did was uh, we booked a tour to go down to the Cape of Good Hope. So Cape Town is not at the very, very bottom of uh, South Africa. Uh, Cape of Good Hope is kind of recognized as the southernmost point mm-hmm. of the continent of Africa. So and, and, it, and that played a huge role. It's it, the Key West of Africa. <laughs> without the freaks. <laughs> well. <laughs> Sweetie, freaks. Well, I don't know. Key West freaks. is kind of a is is is, a, is is kind of a party town. I didn't think well, Cape I, I of Good Hope. I wouldn't really call them and, freaks. And, Hello. Okay. So, sorry. <laughs> so, but uh, also down there is uh, Cape of Good Hope is one sort of pincer, if you will, of uh, False Bay. Uh, which played a a role in the history of South Africa, which I'll talk about later on. But also down there is Simonstown, where the British and the French... uh, Did the French do it? Or the Dutch? Portuguese? Anyway, the British had initially set up uh, their naval station there, uh, strategically. And Uh, so it is now where uh, the main base of the South African Navy. One of the things in Simonstown is also their very large uh, colony mm-hmm. of penguins. Yes. And these are the jackass penguins because they literally make a hee-haw, hee-haw, hee-haw noise. Yeah. Yeah. You, wouldn't, you know, you're looking at a penguin, and the, it's the last thing you would expect yeah. to come out of their mouth. But it is, uh, and there have been a number of documentaries done on these uh, endangered penguins. Uh, but so they've got... They're all Roman free, and they've got the boardwalk set up that you can walk through, so you're not disturbing the penguins. But the penguins will sometimes get right up on the uh, boardwalk and walk with you. And also, they're creating nests literally that you could touch if you were that stupid or insensitive to try and touch one of the penguins. Uh, But they're right there. Isn't it? Weren't there rules about not like keeping a distance, like like a, a perimeter? I thought there was some rules that we read coming in where it said you know keep at least a six foot distance or something well you're probably right uh, about that i don't remember but i do remember though that you know i remember seeing uh one of the penguins making its nest literally within a a one or two feet uh of of the boardwalk right there it was on a a little berm a little sand sand dune thing but and they also had these little things that look like like giant plastic Jugs laying on their side to make like an igloo. Well, I guess like an igloo, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like an igloo. So they they were using that nest, and you could just bend down. You could see them hanging out there and right. uh, looking at you. And uh, it's it's pretty crazy because also the jackass penguins, uh, they'll you know they just don't hang at the beach. They will walk inland. They'll be walking right down the mm-hmm. middle of the road. Mm-hmm. So you know when you're driving, they've got all these warning signs. Yeah. It's like you know it's it's not like moose crossing or bear crossing. Yeah, it's and it's penguin crossing. What was the show on um, Netflix that we saw? I think it was Netflix about penguins. 
I don't that remember. Had that, that, but Pat Oswald was the guy that was doing a voiceover of the penguins. But you know, they they'll they'll go and make nests in people's yards, and they'll be hanging out. So it was really it was really quite fascinating. And of course, you know, we had gone down to Cape of uh, Good Hope, and we were with Mark and Cam again. And you know, walking up to like this high promontory where there was a lighthouse and yeah, uh, clearly, you know, uh, where the uh, signal stations were back, you know, 100, 200 years ago when you're looking for the merchant ships uh, coming around the Cape of Good Hope because that became the uh, most important trade route. So the whole point of the European settlement uh, down at Cape of Good Hope and Cape Town was in uh, in support of international trade at the time. And, you know, there was no Suez Canal. So uh, if you were going to Asia from, say, Portugal or Spain or Italy or England or wherever, you were uh, going uh, either uh, down Cape of uh, Good Hope bottom of Africa and then in towards India and China uh, or you could go uh, over towards South America and uh, uh, go down the bottom of South America that way but but the Cape Town and uh, Cape of Good Hope became really the primary trade route it was incredibly important and 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 it became so important that it then became a football if you will in the international uh, events that were taking place all throughout Europe, but we'll talk more about that in a, in the next episode. So, what do you mean by a football? I know you. Just well, because they were talking. kicking it back and forth. So oh. the Dutch were pissed at the French, and the French were pissed at the British, That's and it. everybody was you know fighting with everybody and for control of this area because Cape Town became strategic not because there were any great resources there, but because. It became a victualling station. It was the underway, not underway, it was the replenishment station for uh, uh, merchants and military vessels, uh, Navy vessels, uh, making their way around. And, you know, the military was there to protect it and Mm -hmm. protect their interests in it. So, you know, that's how Cape Town really came to be was because they... it was Settles. a strategic point, <laughs> right? They would set up, yeah, and 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 they would set up farms, and uh, they would be growing vegetables and okay. cattle, and uh, for sale to the the vessels that were coming through water. Uh, so that's how Cape Town really uh, became very important and became an object also of conflict between European powers um, okay. as the time went on. Yeah. So. We had gone and seen Cape of Good Hope in Simonstown, and there's beautiful drive, and there's a YouTube video of a guy who uh, is showing you the Boulder's Penguin Colony, but he's also taking you on the drive from Cape Town down to uh, Simonstown and Cape of Good Hope, and it's it is a beautiful drive. It's yeah. uh, you know that area of South Africa is amazing. There's all the uh, there, there are all the wineries down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one thing we were we were hoping to go to some wineries. Yeah. On our itinerary, remember we the were Stellenbosch. We, and... The thing is, we um, we had big plans to do a lot of stuff. <laughs> we didn't realize how big the city was as well. <laughs> so we were like, it's a big damn continent. We had we had a lot of stuff on our list of things we wanted to do. Yep. But um, but I know, and and it wasn't like we we needed to absolutely do them all. But I know we we just really 
one of the things was we were hoping to do a little wine tour and we just we just didn't have enough time to do it well so. let, let me let's say something quick about the wines there because you know you oh, you, yes. you, you uh didn't mean we didn't drink a lot oh, of yeah. great wines uh, well, we just didn't tour the vineyard <laughs> We so many of you know that South Africa has a very robust uh, wine industry mm-hmm. there. I I just passed my level two of wine and spirits educational trust in wine, and uh, you know studying a lot about the different uh, wineries around the world and the different grape varieties and you know where the where the best wines are grown and and South Africa has them. Yeah. And one of the things we found when we were you know going to a restaurant we'd order a bottle of wine and. Uh, some of these were just blow your socks off, amazing. And I said to one of the, the Somalians, I said, well, where, do they sell this? He says, this, they don't sell this to the States. And I go, yeah. well, why not? He goes, because some of these are making in such small batch, and quite frankly, we like it. So we're right. drinking it. Well, that's like, we we discovered <laughs> Pinotage yes. there. Um, I think it was our first night. We were at the V&A. We, we went and had dinner um, down on the dock. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting and we had a view of that, um, the wheel. I forget what the wheel was called. It's a big Ferris wheel. Yeah, it's like a big Ferris wheel. You know, a lot, you know, they have one in London. They have one in in which is Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. They have them in, you know, the big cities now where you can get on and look at the pretty... The one in Vegas had a bar car. Yeah. So. yeah that's another story for another time. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. However, this one's a little smaller. So I remember having the view of that and um, we ordered some dinner and we were gonna we were getting wine and we saw it on the menu remember and we were like we were thinking like is this how is this how they say pinot like pinot grigio yeah like yeah. We, what is this and i think we even had to ask the guy we're like pinot what is pinotage and so we that's how we discovered pinotage the amazing south african oh, wine man. which is fabulous and fabulous the best don't even get and, over here the right. best don't even get yep. over here so, so we did discover that um, yep. There and then everywhere we went, we needed to try a glass of Pinot. Yeah, and you can get you can get it here, but like you said, maybe not the best because it's it's the larger vintners yeah, that the, the small batch. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they say no, we're not selling to anybody. We're keeping it. Yeah, <laughs> good. We, in America, we have enough wine for crying out loud. Yeah. We, we import it from everywhere. Yeah, the so. guys in Napa are like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We don't need you, a competition. You keep your South African that's right. wines to yourself. That's right. The iconic natural feature of Cape Town is Table Mountain. I mean, if somebody blindfolded me or and Holly and they dropped us, they didn't tell us where we're going, and they just dropped us into Cape Town. The moment you took off the blindfold, we could right look around. Right after we and... cleaned our shorts out. <laughs> <laughs> Washed our hands and Okay, Captain Shardy. <laughs> Sorry, if you're blindfolding me and dropping me somewhere, I might be a little bit scared. So, so the moment they take the moment they take the blindfold off, you know, we we say, "Oh, we're in Cape Town," because 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 there's there's Table Mountain, and you yeah. know, it it is. You've seen pictures of it. I, I, you know, I'm gonna put a plug in. In the movie Invictus with Matt Damon. Now, one of your favorites. Uh, you know, and and I get that. You know, sometimes they sensationalize stuff for the sake of telling the story, and making the movie. But I got to tell you, uh, when we were in Cape Town, you know, we went into like Ferryman's Tavern, where and there's a scene done. And you know, that's they, right. You needed to go there. Oh you yeah, were like, they, they were they right were on right the VNA too. So it's in a it's in a main spot that's easy to get to for tourists. Yes, and so, good beer. Yes. 
Um, so we you, you, Table Mountain is absolutely iconic. So of course we had to go up there and the way yeah. you get up is uh now i've been a ski instructor so you get basically like it looks like a tram well it a is a cable tram. car yeah it's yeah. a tram like you'd see at one of the big res- ski resorts and you get in the bottom and and so i don't like heights and let me just say this about that about t- uh table mountain if if you've been out west and you've seen those beautiful buttes and uh, the mesas uh, that's what it looks like. It looks like it could be taken right out of the West in America. It is uh, the walls are steep. It goes straight up, and then it's flat as a uh, billiard table on top. Uh, so you Ooh, get it. Maybe that's why they call it Table Mountain. <laughs> it looks like a table. I thought it was Lazy yeah. Susan Island. Anyway, <laughs> so the you see you you get on the tram and. Uh, this tram really, it's unlike a ski resort where you've got usually a gentle or fairly steep ascent. This thing is like going like elevator like yeah, up. And I'm going to post a, uh, a time lapse video yes. on on our Facebook page. Yeah. Ship ship was nervous to say the least. Um, you were pretty nervous about it. And honestly, sit, standing at the bottom of that tram waiting to get on. I mean, because the mountain is so huge that. You go, oh, wow, that's big. And you don't realize, like, exactly how steep it is until you're right up on it. And then you're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so we're standing waiting You're getting in a line. neck uh, pain from yeah. looking straight yeah. up. And we're watching the cables going. I don't know what that angle is, but it was a... It was, More than 45 it was degrees. A steep angle. And, um, yeah, so we got on and... We'll post the video of that. And then and it was beautiful view. And, and Oh, the views up there are yes. just spectacular. I yeah. mean, you get to see, you know, out into uh, Table Bay. You yeah. see Robbins Island. Well, yeah. And the, the thing, too, is you, um, it's so large. And there's all these cool, like, walking paths all over the top of the mountain. And it's low shrubbery because, obviously, the mountain and and um, in Cape Town, there's there's wind. Mm is a big issue and um so there's not a lot of tall trees at the top of the mountain so you've got you've got low-lying shrubbery and um so great views and all these walking paths you can walk right down the middle or you can take little paths off to the side or because and by the way there are no like bars at the edge of the mountain yes that, there that... are what there are well, no, there cause... are you didn't see them well. because well it's not like it's not like it's surrounding you like a crib it's there are bars on some on some areas there are some areas where there's there's not as much but it, it's like being at um the grand canyon where it's they leave it more natural, but there are some areas where where it's like really popular where you can it juts out and there are there are guardrails to keep you from falling over the edge. Um, but ship didn't see much of it. Hey, cut it out! <laughs> because he was definitely <clears throat> afraid to go near the edge. So oh man, he stayed more. I mean, towards it's the a middle. straight drop down, hundreds and hundreds of feet. You know, <laughs> if you fall over, you know, it, it's not going to be a skin knee. Yeah. Well, it was in some areas it was straight down, but there were some areas where it was sort of graduated. Oh, and so you could bounce down. Exactly. Oh, yes. that's great. You might only fall fifty feet and break your neck, but still live. Mm. Oh so. wow, <laughs> breaking that'd be a good time. So, um, but anyways, it was. Uh, so I went to the edge of some of these paths and Scares walked the along the edge, 
by myself while ship stayed more towards the middle and still enjoyed you still enjoyed the views you could still see the views I, but um but it but if it was, you don't like heights you get that butterfly that feeling yeah. deep inside your stomach well it's i like, had oh, that god yeah i had that feeling i don't i don't love heights either but i'm not as i don't get the same feeling as you do i get i get the feeling of butterflies and nervousness and i will get the jitters for sure um but i i i, See, I, I think i want to fly That's yeah well fear. yeah well yeah, yeah. You only have to try that mm-hmm. hypothesis. It, it's not the fall that kills you. It's just the really sudden stop. Uh, so anyway, we're up at Table Mountain, and you I know, took a bunch I, of pictures. I was just you know like crawling on top of the place, and uh, uh, and Holly was you know exploring all the little ins and out of its. But if you ever go, you know, it, it's just it's a must see. It's a must do because yeah. it really truly is. Uh, beautiful and the views are uh, stunning yeah. in in all directions and uh, again the wind you can see the weather coming in oh and- yeah it, that was cool too because we see I think when we first got up to the top wasn't it the whole city was like in in a fog fog yeah and you couldn't see anything really for the city and then it moved out while we were up there yeah it's like New England weather if you don't out. like it just wait a minute oh yeah it constantly was constantly changing yeah it's it's I think it's even. It, it is definitely even more dramatic than New England weather. It was. It was wild yeah. to see it, the change and being up there and seeing it like come. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, there's the VNA. We could see it, and it was, yeah. And then you get the scope of how big the city is. Oh yeah, it sprawls. Because it, it has, you know, you got the center part of the VNA, and there's some very beautiful neighborhoods and houses and there's the wineries and the vineyards and but then you know they've got the townships and uh we'll talk more about that can we just talk for a minute too because i keep thinking about this every time we mention the vna that you know right before we were going to south africa um i told um a neighbor that we were planning on going and it was it was like a couple days remember it was like within the week before we were going mm-hmm. and i i told her that we were going to cape town and um she actually tried to discourage us and was like they hate americans so the criminals uh, she was trying to tell me that the criminals will target americans and tourists and you you know it's she heard nothing but bad things about it. And oh, yeah. So, so I actually started to get very nervous about going and, you know, expressed my concern to ship. And so both of us, you know, within the, the few days before we're leaving, we're like, oh, my God, maybe we shouldn't go. And, maybe, you know, it's like to that area. We, we, were, we were just, you know, suddenly very nervous about it. But I'll tell you, we had a great experience and especially in the vna because clearly i mean security is you know yeah south africa has well especially this area you have you have such a as in many parts of the world such a vast difference between the haves and have nots Mm -hmm. you have people who are very poor there's a rainbow of multi-ethnicity yeah yeah so you know it's there there definitely is a problem but where we were in the touristy area, and we um, walked around in right Cape in Town, yeah, and and the there's lots and lots of security, and there's lots of plain closed security, and 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 we 
felt pretty safe. I mean, obviously we keep ourselves, we're, we're smart tourists and we don't do dumb things that would cause us to be targeted. Um, but you know, Hey, let's go into this dark alley and right, ask those right, guys right. for directions. Well, there was that one day we went to go, we'll talk about the, the bar situation, but, but, um, but the, I remember one day walking in the VNA and there was a man walking, um, I think he was Chinese and he had, he, he walked, he was walking in front of me. I think you were with me, but you might've been in a shop or something and I was walking or I might've been coming to meet you and he was in front of me and his backpack was slightly unzipped and, um, no, actually he had passed me and there was a, there was a, a man in front of me that had to have been a local. He was a black man and he, and I saw him, he was in front of me and he turned his head and he looked and he saw the man and he turned and physically started following the man and which caught my eye. And so I thought, what is going on? And so I, I sort of turned and paused and watched and the man actually went up and tapped the, the tourist on the shoulder and said, your bag is unzipped. You need to zip that up and be very careful because that will make you a target. Yeah, or and, turn it around and wear it so right. that the backpack is yeah, in front of we you. Yeah, we were told to do that as well, to wear our backpacks in front of us. So so I thought, you know what? And that guy, he wasn't he wasn't a security. He was just no. a dude walking to work. And yeah. so... I, People are watching out for the tourists because they know that's their bread and butter, that's and that's and butter. that's what's going to keep people coming back. So, so I think what you know, good how, story to tell. There. Yeah, the bottom line was, you know, they said, "Oh, you don't, they don't like Americans." Yeah. You, you know, you know, you we hear these no horror stories. Problems. We had no problem, and in fact, uh, they were incredibly gracious and welcoming to yeah. us. So, yeah. um, you know, th- uh, there are incidences. We'll talk about this in the next episode of uh, issues in South Africa that they've been dealing with it seems like forever but i will tell you if you're a smart traveler yep uh and, and you're not a jerk don't be the ugly yeah. american yeah. i hate be that. respectful I, you know? yeah you gotta respect other people's cultures and surroundings and you can't act like you're in the u.s when you're in another country because yeah. they're different countries if you want to act like you're in the u.s stay in the u.s that's my advice to you oh well, there you that's go that's my travel advice to you well, <laughs> well, uh, I think let's uh, stop here, and then okay. the uh, next episode we're going to drop. We'll uh, we'll talk more about the history of South Africa and our visit to Robbins Island, which was probably the yeah. most transformative. Well, uh, we're also going to have to talk though about our trip to the oldest bar. Well, uh, why don't we start so, off with that? Yeah, then? we'll start off with that. We'll keep that as a little teaser for the next episode because that's. One of my favorite things to do, yes. and we did it. And, and 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 when we came back, we told our South African friends who actually but, but have. Don't, a, don't get into too much. Okay. Don't get into too much. We got to keep it as a teaser. Okay, teaser. Throw that fishing line out there. <laughs> Watch right. the bobber bop bop, right. bop, 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 bop. Stay bop, tuned for next week's. Stay tuned. Hey everybody! Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Brightcast by Shipwright, along with my trusty partner in crime holly who adds perspective color and keeps me in line so uh thanks again for being here uh please tell your friends if you like it please hit subscribe leave us a review if you can that would be great that helps us uh we're just happier here thanks so much and welcome aboard